So this team's going to be built on, uh, we're going to kick you in the teeth. All right. And when you punch us back, we're going to smile at you. And when you knock us down, we're going to get up. And on the way up, we're going to bite a kneecap off. All right. And we're going to stand up and then it's going to take two more shots to knock us down. All right. And on the way up, we're going to take your other kneecap and we're going to get up and then it's going to take three shots to get us down. And when we do, we're going to take another hunk out of you before, before long, we're going to be the last one standing. How's it going, Lions fans? Welcome back to the Blue Blood Podcast. Sorry we have been gone so long. Life has definitely just gotten in the way. But this is your co-host, Jonathan, alongside your host, Colton. Hey, guys. How's it going? And today, we are going to be going over free agency, at least part of it. We're definitely going to get a part two in here because there's a lot happening. There's still going to be stuff happening, so might as well just um, go ahead and get a little bit of a recap in and then... Will continue to go along as free agency goes along because this offseason is going to be a little interesting just based off of how our cap space is built, draft picks, everything like that. But might as well get into it. I did see something on Twitter either today or yesterday talking about how much our team is going to look different next year than it is this year and then how different it's going to look from the year after that to next year because we're all signing, or we, the Lions are signing whole bunch of lot, uh, one and two year deals so low deals super cheap it's just going to be turnover they're going to what they're really wanting to build on is the young guys draft picks that we're going to have next year which like i think colton you brought this up earlier how many compensatory picks do you think we're going to get i think we're going to get three or four and i saw somewhere that we might have up to like 13 draft picks i don't know if that's i haven't looked into that but yeah the lines are in a yeah, the Lions are in a really good spot to kind of flip this thing around real quick. And they really are. Like, every, okay, and I guess I want to talk about the flip side of that too. Everyone's like, this isn't a rebuild this year. Yes, it is. There are a few people that do not think this is a rebuild. This is 100% an actual rebuild. Like, do you deny that at all? So I think, yeah, it's a rebuild, but I wouldn't be surprised if this team outperforms its talent because I think um, the Lions under Matt Patricia definitely underperformed due to due to coaching. So yeah. it wouldn't shock me if we did better than the talent I, on the roster suggests. I agree with that. I think we I think we can. It's just what, how many wins are you projecting this next team to do? Because I'm I'm projecting four. Yeah, I have like four or five yeah, exactly. And remember, guys, this is a 17-game season now, so 4-13. and 13. <laughs> But well, there's no problem yet, with that. Yeah. They haven't made it official yet, right? They have to worry about the TV deals or whatever? Yeah, so I think there's like an owner's meeting here in the next two weeks, and that's when it's officially decided. Okay. But, all right, um, enough about random stuff. We'll go ahead and, and roll into some new guys that we got this year. Um I personally want to talk about the wide receivers first, so talking about those compensatory picks. We're going to get one for Galladay because there is no more... There is zero high price free agent wide receivers on the market anymore, right? Um, Not really. I guess the biggest one was just signed today with TY, so... Yeah, so we're that, fine. Yeah. So... Yeah, um, guys that we got, Tyra Williams, um, Bashad Perriman, Khalif Raymond, and today, wow, how you added that fast, 
I don't understand. Um, but Damian Ratley just signed officially with the Lions right now while we're recording. And um, we also have Quintez Cephas, who's going to be returning. So I don't think we have a number one wide receiver on the roster right now. Tyra Williams can play number one for a few games. If we have to. I'd trust that. But in my opinion, I think we're going wide receiver in the first round. How about you? Yeah, so um, originally I was thinking the Lions might go quarterback. But when they signed uh, Tim Boyle from the Packers and paid him a decent amount of money, um, that kind of signaled to me that they weren't really looking for a quarterback or maybe they're not expecting one uh, to kind of fall into their lap. So, yeah, I'm expecting wide receiver or trade back in defense. Exactly. Me too. And, um, okay, all right, all right, I'll be fair. I'll be fair. Talk about one uh, free agent or one free agent position group that you'd like to talk about because then I'm going to bring up one one person in particular because I love the guy what? that we just brought in. But Let's see. Let's talk about the defensive line. Okay. Interesting. Um, because that was, that was really a spot where I think that's like – second or third most important position group like on a team following a quarterback and offensive line maybe um but i think what the lines are doing is super interesting um so obviously they have Trey Flowers coming back presuming presuming he doesn't get traded um and then and then they re-signed Okwara which was i guess i expected them even what, a month ago, to re-sign Galladay, or not re-sign, but franchise tag, but they decided to bring back Okora instead, uh, I think it was three-year, $39 million deal or something like that. Solid. Um, yeah, so that, I think with that deal, that kind of gives you a timetable of what um, Brad Holmes and Dan Campbell are looking at uh, in terms of this line re- lines rebuild, so... Like like we were saying, I think we're ta- we're looking at maybe like five wins this year, and then maybe looking to get competitive next year, and then year three is all in. Oh yeah, year three is one hundred percent all in. And I'm surprised you didn't bring up um, the guy. You're super big into uh, Marvels. I mean, I am too. But um, Michael Brockers. Um, what was what was Dan Campbell's quote? It was. Uh, oh, come on. I know you he saw He could wield the hammer of Thor. <laughs> That's what I thought. So. I have no idea what he means by that. I'm guessing he just means he's a strong dude. Okay, I'm good at that. <laughs> yeah. Dan Campbell's going to have some amazing quotes for us throughout the years. I'm so excited. But, yeah, um, Michael Brockers, solid, solid player. They signed him to a three-year extension, right? So, that's the thing is, this year, like, Side note, perfect time for the Lions to rebuild with the pandemic and the cap going down. But So, contracts right now are so weird because in the NFL you can push like signing bonuses and all that stuff off into the future in what's called voidable years to where basically it's kind of like what we just barely did with Jared Goff where uh, we'll, push, we'll push $15 million of his dollars into like some extra years that we'll still pay him but he may not be on the roster. So, but yeah, I think he's on under contract, like, officially until 
2023. Yeah. Yeah. So that'd be... Yeah, three years. Yep. And Colton, that was some really good stuff that you brought up because not all the listeners and people know all the contract situation stuff because it does get complicated very much so. I sometimes even have trouble understanding it. I go to Colton because Colton is my cap space guy. He is the one doing the numbers. Mr. Math Major over there actually likes doing all of that. I'm just like, oh my gosh, dude. Just show me who we got on our team. That's all I really care about. <laughs> but, um, yeah, so that's stuff getting technical. And like you just said with Jared Goff's contract being restructured, which is nice. It frees up, I think they said about, was it 10 or $15 million of cap space this year for us? It was like exactly $15 million. Sweet. That's perfect. Okay, um, you brought up D-line. I want to talk about one other position that I thought we were personally going to draft a number two for, but instead we signed one. I know it was for only a couple-year deal, but I think it's more of a prove-it deal than anything. I think it gets signed on for longer because he is decently young. That is the running back position. Um, Right now, of course, we have DeAndre Swift. He's our number one back. He's going to get a ton of carries. Uh, Let me change that. He's going to get a ton of touches. Because he can catch a ball yeah. in the backfield as well. Uh, I love on Johnson to death. I do not know if he'll be on the roster this year. I definitely know more than likely he will not be on the roster next year. Because his contract will be up. So we signed a player that I personally really liked. I just couldn't like him because of the decal he was wearing on his helmet. That is Jamal Williams. Um, if you guys haven't seen his press conferences before i'd suggest to check out my twitter and look at the pinned tweet because the dude's hilarious and he's he's a solid number two running back uh great in pass pro runs extremely tough can catch the ball decently as well i i love the dude all around and we signed him to a super cheap deal he's going to be a great spell for uh swift as a number two back in my opinion so what do you think about him um, so, so I was familiar with Jamal Williams already. Um, so my brother's a Packers fan, and him and my dad went to that Packers-Washington uh, game like two years ago, I think. A year ago? Two years ago. Nice. Um, and they actually got the chance to play catch with him. So, And, of course, he's from BYU, um, and I live in Utah currently. So, yeah, kind of familiar with him growing up. Um, but yeah, I love the signing. Kind of seems like that. I don't know. It's, I saw this tweet going around that it's super nice that we have a number two running back that's not on like the edge of retirement, like Garrett <laughs> Blunt, like Adrian Peterson, like C.J. Anderson. Very true. So yeah, no. So I'm uh, exactly, pretty much exactly what your thoughts are. Um, great young younger guy, and yeah, he's not on the edge of retirement. He's not going to do essentially nothing. He's a solid back, so I'm excited to see what he's going to do. Um, Alright, I guess we can both talk about this just because it's kind of a question mark. What the hell do you think are starting four linebackers? Okay, so in my opinion, I think we're probably going to run a 3-4. So, our three down starting. I mean, if we're going to have a space eater in the middle, I think it'll be Penasini with Flowers and Aquara on the edge which I don't know why Penasini blocked me on Twitter. I am very sad about that. I don't know. I never say anything bad about him. I don't understand. I don't, but hey, whatever. It was the... It is what it is. It was your tweet that somebody tagged him in, and then he's like, oh, screw that guy. What are you talking about? That never happened. 
you tweeted out, can't wait for this defensive line with Okora Flowers and Nick Williams or something. And someone responded, I'm guessing it was a personal friend of Penasini, and he's like, what about my guy? And then tagged him. I guess that's true. That's t- I mean, why would you get mad, though? Like, like... Okay, so so you're not. I I. It's not. It's not. It's nothing against him. I'm just saying. We're, like we signed the dude to an extension. He's a big guy. I, it would make sense for Penasini because he's bigger. But dude, you were like a. What was he? He was a fifth round pick, right? I think it was sixth or seventh. Exactly. So like, dude, if he really got buttered over that, eh, whatever. I mean, hey, I love him as a player. Things have been great. I think he developed into our starter, but whatever. Anyways, the position yeah, that. No, sorry, keep going. So, sorry. So, I don't really share that opinion. I think we're going more to a 4-3. Just the Michael Brockers trade doesn't make sense. Um, Interesting. And then the decision to, to keep Nick Williams around um, doesn't really make sense. If okay. If we switch to a 3-4. I could so see that that's my decently. Opinion. But, so, okay, then, who do you think... Okay, so let's say, no matter what, we need three starting linebackers. So who do you think those three yeah. are? Right now. So, right now. Um, so, you're going to hate this. And oh, everyone's no. going to hate this. No. So, we, obviously, Jamie Collins. Yeah. R- right? And we got Alex Anzalone from New Orleans, who we just signed today. And then, I still think... Because let's look, here, take out twenty twenty for a second. Take out the twenty twenty football season for a second, okay? It's hard to do, but okay. If if I told you Jelani Tavai was a starting linebacker in twenty twenty one, not knowing what happens in twenty twenty, would you be surprised? Like he didn't play awful. Oh, uh, yes. In twenty nineteen, he didn't play awful. He didn't. Damn, I don't know. Okay. He's just so slow as I, hell. Like, what are you going to do with yeah, that? He run, sure. He's like a wall moving. I, I don't know. Put him in the... I don't know. I don't have to figure that out. Anyways, I think Tavai <laughs> starts week one. Which, I, here, I'm going to put this out right now. I think week one were the second Monday night football game at LA in, in the Rams stadium. Anyways, just putting that out there so then I can tell y'all I, to, I told you so. What? Is that like a... That's like a prediction right there? Yeah, that's a prediction that's going to happen. You watch. Second Monday night game. I'm going to go to the game. Lions at Rams. Yeah. I'm going. I want to, too. Anyways. You better go. um, No, I think Tavai is the third starting linebacker as of right now. Um, But I'm assuming we'll draft somebody um, in either the second or third round. And... Then we'll see where that goes from there. I sure hope we draft a linebacker in the second and third round. The problem is, is uh, Jared Healy on Twitter definitely does his homework, and I've just looked at, of course, more of the professional scouts as well and stuff like that. There are not a lot of linebackers that are amazing after, like, a few. Like, the tier drops off badly, which is not the greatest. But, I mean, hey, if we can develop, which I think we can with the coaching staff that we have, I really think we can then I think we'll be fine. But, yeah, um, the only other linebacker that we brought in uh, was Sean Dion Hamilton, which actually I didn't hate that guy from Washington. Um, 
I don't know how much he'll play by any means. I think he'll be more of a special teams guy, but he might get a little bit of playing time. And then, of course, we re-signed uh, Jalen Rusmay and JRM. I think we he could play that. a little bit. Yeah, I think he could play yeah, a little bit. I forgot about that. What do you that. think? So, the hard part with him is that, obviously, what was he, like a third, fourth-round pick, I think? Yeah, I think he was a third. It was just he had injuries and stuff like that. So they were, like, betting on him pretty much that he was going to heal up and do good, which he's always had injury troubles. So, yeah, he's always always had injury troubles, but then again, under Caldwell, he's kind of a young guy, and we had linebackers in place already with oh, Whitehead and Jared Davis and all those guys, you know. Yep. And so now it's kind of – and then the I, I'm just tossing out – Anything that happened from the Patricia era, I'm really not counting as, hey, this is who this player is. Yeah, like I'm not holding that against him because the whole team was awful. So, yeah. It Very true. I don't know. Maybe maybe there's something there. I, I think so. I think he's never really gotten a fair shot. So, it'll be interesting to see. Okay. Uh, what position you want to highlight next? Let's see what do we got. Um, let's see. We talk about wide receivers. Oh no, we can hop to special teams real quick. Not too much. That not too much has changed. Got Mulebach and Jack Fox coming back. Mule. And then, obviously, Prater left. Went to Arizona. Yes. Um, and how, do you, how do you feel Randy about that? Bullock. Which part? Letting Matt Prater walk? Yes. Um, it is what it is. I think... So, this all goes back to the compensation picks, where the Lions re-signed Bullock at such, such a low salary to where he doesn't impact that formula. So, I'm okay with but, it. But, like... I'm not... How do you feel about Bullock? I mean, like, I mean, I think he's a decent kicker. He's a decent kicker, but if he's lining up to kick a 45-yard field goal for the win, I'm nervous. Yeah, I don't like that. But, I mean, how long? Did, how many years of a deal did we sign him to? I think it's just a one-year deal, isn't it? Yeah, I think so, too. So we're fine. It we would shock would, me if we got, like, an undrafted free agent and had a kicking yeah. battle or something. That's what I was thinking. Apparently, we have someone on the roster who's not bad either. I forget. People have been talking about him a little bit. I forget uh, the guy's name. Last name is Wright, I think. Yeah. I want to say that's right. But, yeah. Okay. Um. Let's talk about... We'll talk about more of the free agents later, but we'll go ahead and circle back around to the quarterback position, the one that's been highlighted the whole offseason, just because it is now official. Um... What are your thoughts on Goff? And what do you think his ceiling is? What how do you feel if, how do you feel that he's going to do on the team and what do you think the Lions view him as? So So on the topic of Goff, I think that he is in the perfect spot uh, in the Lions. Um not to win or anything, but perfect spot is in there's no expectations um with this Lions team short term. They're not expected to win a ton of games here in 2021. Um, and it's really a spot where he can prove to 
himself to the Lions coaches to people in the NFL, players, whoever, you name it, that he's more than Sean McVay, that he's different than Sean McVay. I think when people think of a system quarterback, the first person that comes to mind is Jared Goff, um, meaning that he's Sean McVay on the field. He's the person that um, Sean is literally controlling him like a puppet. But um, I think we need to give Jared Goff some credit. Because he is the one that went out, the one that went out there and like made those throws, made those reads, and ultimately threw touchdowns, and um, obviously had a lot of help around him. But he was able to get that roster um, to the Super Bowl in 2018 against the Patriots, and so I think that's really something to consider. Is that yeah, Sean McVay is an awesome offensive coach, but Jared Goff made those throws in the NFL. Oh, I'm going to go back parent to me. And on top of that as well, I think it's important to note that the Lions really viewed, uh, like Ian Rappaport said, like all the Lions media members have said that the Lions viewed this, um, viewed Goff in that trade as an asset and not a salary dump. Um, they wanted Jared Goff. And, you know, when you compare the offers from the Broncos and from the Panthers, where they were offering, what, their first-round picks and Teddy Bridgewater, Drew Locke, whoever. And I don't know, when it comes to quarterbacks, I think I'd rather have Goff over both of those guys, and I don't think it's particularly close. I think Goff is a better quarterback overall than either Drew Locke or Teddy Bridgewater. The Lions won that deal? No, I, I agree. I would I would pick Goff over, over both of those and like, like you were saying, um, it was interesting because like, I do think Goff had more of an input than people realize. Like he had to make the throws. I get it. Sean McVay is a great coach. He really is. But I just read an article today that um, lady came out with. She's wore. I want to say she's a beat writer or a reporter for the Rams, like through ESPN. But anyways, that's what it was published on, and I was just talking about how they used to have a great relationship. Of course, of course, when Goff signed the extension there. And then um, it slowly deteriorated the more Goff would turn the ball over, stuff like that. And apparently Goff has a personality which is super laid back, super calm, and goes with the flow, was relaxed. And then McVeigh is super – he almost has what Matt Patricia has, which is a sole football-focused mind and extreme motivator and it's loud and excited and, like – it's not a bad thing, but then it can also become a bad thing. So he would cuss out Goff over and over again, blah, 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 and eventually he just gave up and, like, wouldn't even apologize to him after the fact. So, like, yes, I get it. Goff struggled there. He really did. But at the same time, I feel like he did just need a new, fresh start because people got to remember, he's still young. Like, he's not an old quarterback whatsoever. He hasn't been in this league for seven or eight or nine or ten years, and uh, coach, I get it. It's a new coach as well, new head coach in the league. But a guy that's continually knocking down his confidence isn't going to help him grow at all. Like I get it, he had mistakes, stuff like that, and he did have bad seasons. This bad season for sure. But if you're not going to continue to help him in it in any way, he's just going to get worse or stay where he's at. Like, what do you expect from him? Just completely change by giving him negative feedback? Like I, I am all for constructive criticism, but at the same time, I think with 
the front office and Dan Campbell and Anthony Lynn actually wanting him here and being positive and him having a new fresh start and stuff like that, I think he can do a lot better than people understand. But at the same time, I'm not saying... Like, just think about it like this. Best case scenario, Goff balls out. He has a great two seasons. We don't draft a quarterback, and we have him at a fairly cheap deal in two years. Worst case scenario, he does complete crap. We draft a quarterback. He sits, learns, and then we have him. Like, is there really a scenario where we're screwed? Because I don't. Do you see one? No, to be honest. And, like, I've seen this all over Twitter, and it's nuts. Like, that people, like, if Goff were to, like, explode and actually outperform or uh, expectations, that they would want to trade him because his value's high. And I don't, that's not an opinion I really share. I think that if, that's the dream scenario is Goff balls out. He's only 26, and boom, you have your franchise quarterback for the next 10 years since he's so young, you know. So that's my dream is that he performs like he did in 2017 and 2018. Yeah, I don't get that. Like, people are like, oh my gosh, his trade his trade value is going to go so high if he does amazing in the next two years and we can trade him away. Why would you trade a dude away that's been doing great in the system? Like, what? I feel like you're, I feel like you're flawed in your thinking there. Like, I'm, if he sucks in two years, or even if he's, like, mediocre, let's say he has, like, a 25 touchdown, 15 interception ratio, trade him. He'll, you'll still get decent value back. I do not want a guy that throws 25 touchdowns and 15 picks, do you? I mean, not really, but when the Lions are rebuilding like they are right now, I don't really care, you know? So it doesn't really matter to me when the roster's not ready to win. Exactly. So, yes, me and you are on the same page where he balls out, we keep him, we're good to go. We don't have to worry about drafting quarterback and focus on other positions. So I'm rooting, I'm definitely rooting for the guy. Do I think he can do it? Yes. Do I know he's going to do it? Definitely not. I say my confidence level in him between a 1 and 10. Like, my confidence level between him and a 1 and 10 of him becoming a top 7 quarterback again is probably at like a 6 or a 7. How about you? So I think that's an interesting question, and I think it ultimately comes down to what kind of roster that Dan Campbell and Brad Holmes put around him, obviously. Um, I think Jared Goff, Goff flourished in a very specific kind of way in L.A. where um, he like plays off the run, where the Lions already have DeAndre Swift, and then does play action passes to the tight end and then gets some run after the catch receivers. I agree. And I think as much as people don't realize, like, he is decently mobile. He is more mobile than Stafford, I think, or at least as mobile, which I think people did not give Stafford enough credit for his mobility. Not in the fact that, like, he can run for 30 yards or escape and get, like, a 20-yard first down, but you could still definitely roll him out, and he can get 5, 10, 15 yards when is when it's needed. So I think it'll be cool to see him outside of the pocket and do what he does best and see how Anthony Lynn is able to have him succeed. I'm very interested to see what this offense looks like. I have definitely am. Because I love Anthony Lynn. I think he has great personality and stuff like that. I do think he wasn't a good head coach and he failed his team. But I do think he was a great offensive coordinator when he was given the shot to be. So 
It'll be interesting to see how that goes. Yeah, I think when Anthony Lynn was with the Chargers, the offense was never the problem. Um, I haven't really looked into it a ton, but I'd like to think he had a hand in that, uh, in their offense. Um, granted, they had weapons everywhere, but I think that's something the Lions are looking to do. Um, but, you know, speaking of Anthony Lynn, I think it's important that we bring up the coaching staff. <laughs> um, you know, you got Anthony Lynn. I'm so excited for uh, Aaron Glenn and him running the defense. I think the Saints secondary was amazing last year. Um, so I'm interested to see what he does with Hokuda and Amani, but I don't know. It's so funny. Like I was watching good morning football and they're like, you could like in a seven on seven coaching match, the lions win and it's not even close. (laughs) That's funny. That's so true. I don't know if you saw the interview. I forget what Dan Campbell was on. Maybe it was on the Dan Patrick show. Um, but, uh, he was asked if he could beat Mike Vrabel in a one-on-one wrestling match. He said, nope, not anymore. (laughs) Yeah, I think that was on the Pat McAfee show. There we go. That's what it was. By the way, that's the other thing. I absolutely am loving this guy's energy. He's not worried about hopping on anything. He's hopping on. He's having a great time on any podcast show, stuff like that, blah, blah, blah. The players are able to talk more. I don't remember. I think you saw this. It was a couple weeks ago. But it was the Bustin' with the Boys podcast, which is Will Compton and uh, Taylor Luan. So they were both in the Titans this past year. Well, I actually really like both those players. Um, but they asked TJ Hawkinson, like, how he's like Detroit, blah, 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 stuff like that. And he's like, and it's just random tidbit back. By the way, love when Hawk is able to release his personality because he had George Kittle on there, his um, old teammate, because they're both Iowa tight ends. Um, he's like, yeah, when I got drafted, Bob Quinn told me that um, I wasn't the guy that they drafted because I like to have too much fun. I was like, what the hell? Like, isn't that the point of football? Like, oh, I... You know, and that's one thing I love about this regime is they're not afraid to go out and show their faces and actually have fun. Uh, I think, ultimately, gosh, there's so many downfalls from Patricia, and I want to move on from it, but... Um, when you look back at that regime, that era of Lions football, like, all the fun players were gone. You got Darius Slay, Quandre Diggs, Golden Tate, all those guys just ejected from the roster. And obviously this regime isn't going to be the same. Um, and hopefully it comes with a lot of wins. But what, regardless, this regime's already a whole lot more fun than the Patricia one ever was. Um, I don't know if you ever, or if you saw Jamal Williams' introductory press conference, but he's, like, got so much personality and so much energy and juice. Like, it's infectious, and I think it's going to spread throughout the whole organization. Um, but, yeah, even if the Lions aren't the best, this regime is still going to be way more enjoyable, and they're going to have fun players. Oh, did you see uh, Trey Carson's tweet the other day? Yes, bro, the one he's like, uh, when Nino, so Quandre Diggs, our old safety, he's like, Nino asked me if I'd ever been to boot camp and I didn't know what he meant. I was like, oh my gosh. I was just like, bro. But man, I don't know, someone needs to do this where they get like Quandre Diggs, Darius Slay, maybe even Glover Quinn on like a podcast or something. 
maybe a, a 30 for 30. Um, but talk about like what all went down behind the scenes because like, you know, there's so much worse things that we haven't heard about. And I think that'd be super interesting. You know, and obviously hindsight's 2020. Like I kind of took, uh, the lion's side regrettably, like when looking back, like with that whole Patricia thing, uh, with Darius Slay, but I don't know. I'm, I don't know. I'm so much more on Darius Slay and, and Diggs' side now, you know? So. Exactly. See, I told everybody. I told everybody. They're like, nah. I'm like, no. I, I, I got, I got yelled at. I got so, I got DMs. I got tweeted at so many times for standing up for those guys. Always going to do it. You know, and at the time, it was more of a franchise versus players kind of thing, and I've always been logo first kind of guy, but I don't know. It's super nice to, like, look back now and, like, realize that I've made amends, like, personally. But, uh, I don't know. Me and Quandra Diggs are cool. Like, I know I tweeted some crap about him and Slay, but, like, made peace over, like, Twitter DMs, you know? This man for real just be talking to players for fun. You're nuts. I just be, I just, I just be asking Colton sometimes. I'm like, hey, bro. I'm like, hey, we should. You think about uh, possibly DMing this guy or like, uh, I'm like, oh, look at this player. He's doing so good. He's like, oh yeah, I just be DMing him, talking about video games. You know how it is. I'm like, bro, what the fuck? Like, no, that I don't, I don't know how that is. I'm not you. I don't just be like, oh yeah, what's up, bro? Like, I don't what. Uh, you, you just be like, you'd be so nonchalant, low key about it. Share the love, man. Be like, hey, hop on my pod. I'm just saying. That's all we gotta do. We're gonna start getting some more. People. We will. We will start getting some players on here soon. I promise you guys that. We're gonna start doing some work. It. We just had to take a break. Way too long of a break. We were planning on taking for a couple weeks, and then it got to a month. Okay, I did. I agree. Yeah, put the blame on me. I'll take it. I thought we we agreed on two weeks, and then I was like, okay, I need a month, and then I kept going, and I'm like, oh my gosh, we need to get back to this because I love this. This is this is what we do. We get to talk about football. This is what we do on Twitter all day, anyways. Like, instead of typing, we're talking. That's it. So, all right, um, we've gone a little over than what we were planning on because we are going to make this into two parts. But we're just happy to be back. It's Lions football. You know, and uh, got a confession to make. But uh, my laptop totally froze like around eight minutes in. So I have no idea how long this has even been, to be honest. Oh, well, that's great. I mean, hey, as long as I get all this uploaded, that's going to be fine. If not, my tone's going to be a lot different on the next one, and I'm going to talk about it. I don't even care if we have to re-record this. I will say something. But, all right, uh, thank you guys for joining us. I care, bro. Oh, I, I care. I care. I mean, I got stuff to do, but... I'm going to still say something. Anyways, hold on. Let me check. Before we end this, I am going to see what episode this is because I usually be like, all right, thank you for, you know, you know. What do you think? If I had to guess, I'd say 30. I'm going to go with like 28. Let's see. Oh, wow. You got closer. This is going to be episode 30. This is going to be episode 30. Wow. Yeah. Okay. Well, anyways, uh, thank you guys very much for joining both of us on episode 30 
of the Blue Blood Podcast, Free Agency Part 1. Peace out, Lions fans. Yeah, guys, peace out, go Lions, and let's go eat some kneecaps.